Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, church family, on a very strange Sunday where we're doing something so out of the ordinary, and we've asked you uh, to stay at home and watch this service, um, it, it, it causes a little bit of confusion. It causes a little bit of uncertainty. I think it could even cause a little bit of doubt. So today, I want to speak to you from the subject, walking through uncertainty. You know, I wish I could tell you that becoming a Christ follower, you would never have any issues anymore. That like, as soon as you become a Christ follower, there would never be doubt. There would never be fear. There would never be uncertainty anymore. I'm a father of two teenage daughters, and I can remember when they were younger, I had to watch so many Disney movies. I'll tell you, I've watched, I've watched more princess movies than I ever want to see again in my life. Way too many, right? And many of you parents, you're like, you feel it, right? You know what I'm talking about. Well, I, I'm telling you, there's something, though, that I feel like a lot of us in our culture understand about Disney princess movies that we wish was true of our life, and that's the Disney swirl. And if you don't know what the Disney swirl is, the Disney swirl is when the main character has a problem, right? Like things start going bad and, and, and it couldn't, looks like it couldn't even get worse. But, but all of a sudden, magically, there's a swirl and something happens and she spins around and there's glitter and there's, there's beauty. And this becomes that. And then all of a sudden, there's no more problems anymore. And all of a sudden, it, it's life have, happily ever after. It's like everything became perfect and we want that sometimes in your life. I could be like, man, I wish, and there's so many of you, you'd agree with me. You're like, man, I wish I could get some Disney swirl up in my faith, you know? It's like, because I've been trying to follow Jesus, and it's like, uh, it, I, I wish things would be good, but I, it's, I still have the same problems yes, that, today that I had yesterday. I, I'm still having the same arguments with my wife uh, today that I had Yesterday, and, and see, this is what we know that's true about life is that life's not all roses. It's not all full of certainty. And in fact, that you and I will start following Jesus. And when we start following Jesus, that doesn't mean that there's going to be certainty. It just means that we have a Savior that has given us forgiveness and given us a home forever in heaven. And now we have a leader to help walk us through that uncertainty. So now I think to be real. We've got to talk about this as believers, because if we are truly followers of Christ, we say we're people of faith. I say, you know, I trust God no matter what. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my salvation. I trust him with my health. I trust him with my kids. And I'm sitting in my house right now because I'm scared. I, I trust them with my finances, I, I trust them with my dreams, I trust them with my hope, but, but I don't know what's going to happen right now, and there's all, all sorts of uncertainty in the world, and it's like, they're talking about diseases, and they're talking about economic problems, and they're talking, and all this is going on, it's like, I feel so completely uncertain, and, and it's like, how can I be living in this pool where one, on one side I'm saying, I trust Jesus, I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God, I'm, I'm a man of faith, and on the other hand, I'm going, but, but I'm uncertain, and I'm scared and I'm, I'm so full of doubt. How do I have faith in this? 
How do I have faith in a moment like this? But I heard something years ago a pastor said, and when I heard this, it, it resounded with me, and, and I want to share it with you today, and it's this. He said that the greatest enemy of your faith is not doubt. The greatest enemy of your faith is certainty. Because when, when we go through life and we think, well, well if, if, if I'm having doubts about things, that must mean I don't trust God. It's like we can get confused there. But the truth is, we start to struggle in our faith when we feel like we're certain about what's going to happen the next day. And when we start believing, like, uh, I am certain about how my marriage is going to work out. I'm certain about how much money is going to be in my 401k. I'm certain about my job security. And that sort of place, that's not where faith grows. Where we're like, I got it all together. That's the greatest enemy of our faith because it's in those times where we have uncertainty that we start reaching out and being like, okay, God, I now need you more than ever because I now can recognize I don't know what's around the corner and you do. So God, would you please direct me? Would you please speak to me? I'm uncertain about my life and you're certain about it. So God, would you help me? And see, I think there's a lot of times that we go through struggles. And right now, as a community, as a nation, as a world, we are going through a struggle, a time of uncertainty, a valley, if you will. And as we're going through this valley, this dark place right now, it, it, it can be really easy to, uh, to, to just get scared. And go, I, I don't know what to do. This must have been some sort of attack from the devil. Like the devil's just trying to take us out. The devil's trying to kill me. But let me, let me offer a little perspective. Could it be that this very valley of uncertainty that you and I are walking through was not sent by the enemy to destroy us, but maybe God is allowing to happen so that we will trust him even more? Maybe God wants to use what we're going through right now to, to, to give us more faith, to, tr to get us to a point where we trust him and obey him in every aspect of our life. Because some of us, we, we've already started changing the way that we're thinking about things. We've started changing the way that we're doing things. We've started changing the way that we're ordering our days because maybe God is using these things. And I'm not saying God's causing all these problems, but maybe he's allowing some of these problems to start changing us. Can I show you this in scripture? I mean, this, this is not just like a, a hype talk, right? I, I want to show it to you in scripture so you know this isn't rhetoric. This isn't me just being emotional and being excited about uh, a topic. This, this is straight from God's word, okay? If we look in the Bible, there's a, a passage of scripture, very well-known passage of scripture, Psalms 23. In Psalms 23, I, I like to call it the more than just in trouble verse, Because Psalms 23 is a verse that like everybody knows this verse, right? Even if you have never been to church before, if you've been to a funeral, you've heard Psalms 23. And a lot of people will refer back to this anytime they get scared about anything. So it's like, it, it, this is the more than just in trouble verse because sometimes people get in trouble. It's like the blue lights start flashing behind their car and they know they did something wrong and they start going, oh, the Lord is my shepherd as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's like, just start pulling out. And I want to tell you, there's so much more to this than just that. God, God has something to speak to us right now about walking through uncertainty. Psalms 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
Every time I hear that verse, I, I, I feel Coolio. You remember Coolio? <laughs> it's like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I've been laughing and blasted so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. And, sorry, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> Never even heard that song before. I don't know. Like... <laughs> I just freaked some of you out. But don't let my complexion and my khaki pants fool you. This boy can rap if I feel like it, you know? Some of you, don't judge me either. I know some of you parents, you drop your kids off at soccer practice and you roll the windows up and you're cranking your gangster rap as you're going down the street. So I know we're in this together, all right? What was I even talking about? Um, we got to go back to that. Four, four. So verse four, okay, says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, when we hear this verse right here, this, this, this is talking about walking through a valley. Listen, not camping out in the valley. This, this is walking through the valley. Right? He says, surely. Why, why, why is he walking through? Because he believes something. Surely, surely, surely my God is with me, Right? For, for God is with me, he says, and it, not, not I hope God's with me, but I believe it. I, I'm trusting it. I'm putting faith in the fact that even though I might not see it and I might not feel it right now, I am trusting and I'm declaring my God is with me in the middle of this, this, this dark place that I'm in, this uncertainty that I'm in right now. In fact, we see here in John 16, verse 33, this is what Jesus says about it. He says, in this world... You will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Man, that's good. Because you notice that Jesus is saying, you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome. He doesn't say trouble. He says, take heart, I've overcome the world. He doesn't say, take heart, because I've overcome certain diseases, and take heart, because I've overcome sicknesses and take heart because I've overcome COVID-19 and take heart because I've overcome financial crisis. No, he lays the trump card down and he says anything in the world, I've already taken control of it. I'm already in control of it. And though it might not feel like it's under control, he's already around the corner and he's saying, guys, you got to trust me in the fact that you don't understand the great work that I am already doing in your life through a situation that might look dire. It might look like trouble. It might be terrifying, but take heart because I've already overcome it. And guys, that's good news. I hope you know that's good news. Man, you, 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 should, you should be able to tell someone. You should be able to text a friend right now or, or put it up on the screen or something just saying, like, like I'm going to make it through this. High five your cat if you've got to right now. But, but tell someone, I'm going to make it through this. I'm walking through this uncertainty. See, anytime you find yourself in a valley of uncertainty, there's three things that you should do. And I'm gonna encourage you to, to write these down, to post them on Instagram, post them on Facebook, share this, because maybe you're not feeling uncertain right now. Maybe you don't feel like you're in a valley right now, but there's gonna be a time in your life where you are. So this might be for you now, this might be for you later, it might be for a friend. 
You might need to send this message to a friend right now. Share it with a friend because, you know, they're feeling uncertain. They're feeling scared. They're going through something in their life. And it might not just be the COVID-19 thing. It, it, it might be a divorce. It might be, a, you know, struggling to, to make sure the, the, the kids are being fed. It, who knows what it is? We all have our valleys. So I want to encourage you, if you ever find yourself in the valley, there's three things you should do. This is how you walk through a valley. This is how you get out of the valley of uncertainty. Number one, you have to encourage others. Encourage others. And I know it can be hard to do because we don't necessarily want to do this. But if you keep giving to others, you will keep moving forward. If you're, if you're in a valley, you have got to stay active. And I know we're talking right now about practicing social distancing and, and we've asked you to stay home right now. So what does that look like in staying active? I'm saying you got to still be a person who is continuing to encourage other people, continuing to bring positivity into conversations, and into the social media. And, and there's going to be a point very soon where you're back in the workplace. There's going to be a point very soon where you're back around other people and there is so much talk of discouragement and we have got to be the type of people who are giving that sort of encouragement. But man, that's not what we want to do. It's not, let's just be honest, it's the human condition. When, when, when you feel the struggle, when you feel discouraged, when you feel uncertain, the first thing we want to do is, I want to take care of me. Dan's going to take care of me right now. Right, like, I'm not going to give you my toilet paper roll. This is the toilet paper roll I found. It's in my cart right now, okay? Like, I'm taking care of me. Because what we, what we don't want to do is reach out to other people. And sometimes we just, we even feel in a way when we're discouraged or uncertain sometimes where uh, I don't even want other people to reach out to me. Have you ever felt like that? Like, don't, don't call me and quote some verse to me right now. I just want to sit here and be angry right now. I just want to talk about how I feel right now. I want, I want to just sit down on this and have a pity party right now. But, but here's the good news. Is our God knew this about us. He knew that this is part of our human nature. So he had Solomon write this in Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Man, that's an encouraging verse. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I mean, I, I, I could just get off on a side note, and I know this is a sermon for another time, but there are people who will come to a church, be part of a church community, and, and, and sometimes get frustrated because they feel like, I just don't feel like I'm getting fed there. I don't feel like they're, like no one talked to me today. No one shook my hand today. No one did this. No one did that. But when we read scripture, the, the, the scripture here is encouraging something different. The scripture is not encouraging us to go look for the refreshment from other people. The scripture is telling us as Christ followers, you know what we should be doing? We should be refreshing other people. So when we do come to church, we do meet together as a community. We do get together online and talk. It should be, who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I pray for today? Who else is having a tough day? Because, man, I want to reach out to that person. And I know it's difficult to do sometimes, but... But this is God's plan for us, that we've got to encourage one another. I mean, just to be transparent, just two weeks ago, I, I woke up and I was, I was feeling discouraged. I was having a down day. I was, I, I was just not feeling it, right? Didn't want to go to work, didn't want to talk to people and all this. And I just, this funk that came in, I was just like, where is this coming from? And I remembered this verse, 
feel like the Holy Spirit just like impressed it on me and reminded me of this verse. Like, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So I, I, I stopped what I was doing and I took the, took the next 45 minutes and I got on my phone and I, I went through my list and I started encouraging friends of mine and just telling them, hey, I'm praying for you. I love you. God's got you today. He's giving you direction today. You're a good friend of mine. I need you in my life. And I started speaking encouragement into other people. And you know what happened at the end of that 45 minutes? I don't know if they were encouraged or not, but I was incredibly encouraged because now that I'm doing what God told me to do, I was refreshing other people. I was in this darkness, this valley, this uncertainty, this, this, this sadness, and all of a sudden now I did it his way, and, and he started refreshing me. So if you ever find yourself in the valley of uncertainty, number one, you've got to encourage others. Number two, stay connected. Well, that is a weird thing to say, Pastor, when you asked us to stay home. (laughs) What are you talking about? Well, just because we're separated by a little bit of distance doesn't mean we need to disconnect from one another in the body of Christ. Because we need each other. The people that we have in our life are so incredibly important, and they, they can make you or break you in a season of uncertainty. The Bible tells us this, Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two people are better than one, for they... Uh, can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together, assuming they're married, (laughs) lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and and defeated, but Two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. I love this because some days when I feel like I don't have it, there's someone around me that does. And that's why we need other people in our life, and that's why it's so important that the Bible here is saying that we, God will use every person in our life to, to help us, to help make us, to help, uh, to help us in the times where, where we're struggling. We need other people, so it's important. Who, who do you have in your life? The Bible's saying that, that you don't want to be alone when you go through difficult times. You need to have those relationships, and you need to have them now. I mean, Apollo needed Rocky, right? Maverick needed Goose. You know, we, we need people. That's why songs are written like, lean on me when you're not strong. See, you guys, when, the, when there's no one in the room, I feel very confident to be able to sing here. It's like, they would never let me do this if the room was full. But since you're at home, I'm just going to sing, right? But we have songs like that, lean on me, because we need other people. I need, I need some people to lean on, and the reason why is because the people that are around you are gonna affect you. There's a saying, and I'm sure you've heard it, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you where you'll be in five years. And uh, the reason why that's said is because things rub off. I remember like 10 years ago, sitting down with some bankers in a meeting, and I was, I was dressed nice, and, and I, I recognized one of the bankers kind of looked at my shirt and looked back at me, looked at my shirt, looked back at me. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And I looked down, and I had pink glitter all over me. Like, I'm trying to look nice, and I, like, I'm, I'm glittered. But the thing is, I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old, both two little girls that live in my house, and they rub off on me all the time. It's in my truck. It's everywhere. It's like I I, I read a a meme online one time that says, this is how you get rid of glitter. Burn down your house, right? It's like you can't get rid of this stuff. It's just, it's it's insane. It's maddening. But, But here's the thing. The people that were around me rubbed off on me. 
And the other people that I came in contact with noticed it. And the truth is the same about you. And it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. If you're running in circles that, man, it's like the negativity is, the talks about the news here, and the talks about this here, and oh, what about the economy here? Eeyore, Eeyore, all of a sudden it starts to rub off on you and you start to sound exactly like that. But the good news Why is God showing us this in Ecclesiastes? The good news is because if you have the right people around you, it can rub off on you to where, man, if you got some people in your life that are like, man, we're going to make it through this. And and you know what? We're coming out of this season. And and so what that things are difficult right now because our God's good and we're going to get through it. So let's stop right now. Let's all shut our mouths about the negativity and let's pray and let's talk to Jesus. Let's acknowledge him right now because he's good. And that can rub off on you. And when that starts to get contagious, then all of a sudden the culture starts changing. And your work starts changing and now your job's not talking about closing the doors now your job is talking about how can we get creative and find other ways in which we can keep our doors open and keep blessing our community and keep moving forward we have got to be the type of people who who are not just allowing good people to rub off on us but we're the ones rubbing off on other people if you want to come out of a valley of uncertainty if you want to walk through that then number one you've got to encourage people number two You've got to stay connected. And then finally, you've got to stay focused. And I'm going to close with this point today that you have to stay focused. See, you've got to refuse to take your eyes off of the promises of God. Hear me on this. That both fear and faith are a product of your focus. That you will become fearful if you are focused on the wrong thing. And you will become faithful if you are focused on the right thing. And there are people, I'm telling you, you're wondering, why am I struggling so much in my faith? Why am I struggling so much in uncertainty? Why am I struggling? And it's because the focus has been so directed towards what are they saying on the news? And what are they saying at the office? And what is this person saying? What is that person saying? And with all these different things, right, going on, it's like... My, my focus has been so much on what the world is trying to say and the world is trying to get me to focus on that, that, that now it's like I'm, I'm full of fear, I'm full of doubt, I'm full of, full of uncertainty. But man, if we focus on the word of God, if we focus on, I'm not talking about just focusing on church. I'm talking about focusing on Jesus, focusing on the gospel, what he did for me, and the trust in him. Then all of a sudden now I'm not, I'm not focused on fear, I'm, I'm focused on faith. I love that the way the message translation reads in Hebrews chapter 12. This is, man, it's powerful. I hope you'll tune in and listen right now to this. He says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Church family, keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, right? We're being told to focus on what he did. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, along, right alongside God, where you find yourself flagging in your faith. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. 
We're being encouraged. Focus on what Jesus did. Go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I'm telling you, the Bible is saying, you want some adrenaline for your soul? You start focusing on what Jesus did for you. You start focusing on the fact that you might think you're going through a hard time right now. He went through so much more than you and I have ever faced. He took on every pain that you and I have, and he took it all on together at the same time. And and when he did that, he succeeded. And the Bible says that that same power who rose Jesus Christ from the grave lives in me. That means he lives in you if you are a follower of Christ. So, man, we've got to turn our focus. This is something I struggle with. It is. So many of you know I, I keep a telescope in my office. It's not because I'm watching people play softball across the street or anything like that. It's like, I keep it there because it reminds me of focus. Because if I have a telescope turned the correct way, I can look at something, I can, I can look at the moon, and it looks so large. But if I turn it around the opposite way where the focus of that telescope is on me, then all of a sudden the, the moon looks tiny. I can, I can barely even see the light of it coming through the other end. And it reminds me this about my faith. When my focus is on Jesus, I see how huge he is. I see how he is bigger than anything I'll ever face. But when I turn the focus around and oh, woe is me, and I'm going through this, and I'm going through that, and I'm focused on me, then I'm trying to look back at God and go, it just seems like he's so far away. Seems like he's so distant. Seems like I just, I just don't know. And the problem is I got my focus wrong. The problem is I got my focus wrong. So if you want to come through the valley, you've got to encourage other people. You've got to stay connected, right? You, you've, you've got to stay focused on the right things. And one of the things that means is that we keep the kingdom of God first, that we keep doing his work, even though we're separated by distance a little bit right now, that doesn't mean we don't still pray for people. That doesn't mean we don't still tell people about Jesus and share these messages online and, and, and call up friends and coworkers and love on them. It doesn't mean we stop giving because of a little bit of fear or whatever. No, we put him first because that's how we get out. You don't get out of any valley by sitting down. You take one foot and you put it in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, and we do that by following Jesus. Can I pray for you today? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person who have heard your word today. And I pray that this would be an encouragement right now where so many of us feel like, yes, there's uncertainty all around us. The world is freaking out. It's like there be waves being tossed at the sea. But our trust is not in the world. Our trust is on the rock. And, and Jesus is the rock. God, you said Jesus is the rock. And when we plant our feet firmly on the rock of Jesus, we can stand firm and be certain that you are in control when everything around us seems uncertain. So I pray that you would bless us. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would help us to be the type of people that as we trust and love you, it would reflect you in such a way where the rest of the world goes, hey, wait a minute. I want this same relationship with Jesus that you have. Help us to be that type of people. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's comfort in this time. Be with us, we ask. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.